the Lord spake to me. <laughs> <laughs> we have these conversations. <laughs> the Lord. Do you ever have fucking dreams every now and then and like six months later it's like, I, f- I fucking manifested this. I remember this. <laughs> no, this is, this is this the, Lord. the Lord. The Lord spoke, yeah. So that's why you're not drinking. You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was going to sound funny. <laughs> So uh, welcome to another episode of the Drinks of Jackson podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jackson, and today joining me is uh, Roy Lever and Doug Brooks. How are you, mate? Be good. Cruising? Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, we've had a pretty good day, I think. Yeah. The beer's yeah. in tank and all the systems are doing what they should do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. You guys are having a beer. What are we drinking? Mate, we've got 40 acres here. Be, let's be nice and have a mid-strength. Yeah. And that was probably the one thing I, I rated this... I think it was beer review 48 or 49, just your approach to a mid-strength outside of a fucking northern, which is stocked in, in every, uh, every bottle-o. So, uh, yeah, what you guys are doing and as well as what our Cornella Brewing are doing with their cloche oh, yep, is just yep. giving more of a range to consumers. Like, it's good. And, man, I, I think that like, mid-strengths are certainly a growing part of the... Um, all segment of the market and yeah. um, it's just good to have choice you know yeah. that's people are drinking great northern because it's the only thing out there yeah well here's an alternate you know yeah especially like obviously being in the country so we're at uh the brewery in east bendigo so we ventured out of the studio today come over here um for obviously the drive hour and a half drive obviously if you're going to have one or two you want to be on the safer side especially, you know, with the cops the way that they are nowadays. Absolutely. And just be day drinking in general, you know. Oh, just... how good day, especially on a bluebird day like today. It's uh, <laughs> pretty easy to do. Yeah, that's what, that's what we think the market, you know, the market niche for that is, is you know, it's at the footy. Yep. It's, it's a daytime drink where, you, like you say, you've got to drive. Yeah. Uh, and you don't want to, like if I day drink, I just go to sleep. Have a nap. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, so if I'm going to drink during the day, it'll be, that'll be my choice of beer to go to. Yep. Uh, interesting thing is, Roy said it's a growing segment in the market. Yeah. But the, but the really, I think the, for me the interesting thing is it's not a growing segment for craft. I think I've talked to a lot of brewers who actually struggle to get traction in the market with a mid-strength beer. Yeah. Um, Would you say that um, NA, the old non-alcoholic beers, has been a bit of a spike in that market? It's probably it's hit and miss. I think it's probably more. <laughs> Happy to discuss. Hang, hang on, I'll just, yeah. I'll just, open, I'll just open a can of worms here. <laughs> yeah, let's unpack. Well, we're, we're, the thing is, we, we don't have we don't have hard data, so we can we can only go on what we sense in the market, what we see in retailers, get feedback from retailers. Sure. And I think that what we're seeing is non-elks a non-event, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's 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 funny. It's growing, but I think there's more and more players coming into the segment. So it's saturated. So it's, at the it's, same time. it's growing because there's more more entries, not necessarily more drinkers to it. Gotcha. And certainly, you know, better for you is is certainly a growing part as well. There's more people who are electing not to drink, um, drinking lower alcohol or, or lower carb or whatever it might be. Yeah. It's all about that perceived better for you. 
but from whether whether that's taking over, whether non-elk beer is taking over, I'm, I'm really not sure whether it is. But yeah, I reckon one of their problems is price point. Yep. So sixteen bucks for a four pack of non-elk. Yeah. I can buy Coke for like. I don't know why I don't drink Coke, but under, like under two bucks a can for, yeah. a, for Coke? Yeah, if you buy the block. Yeah. yeah. And it's – you hit it on the uh, head right there, Doug, with the uh, non-elk. Like you can buy a four-pack of little creatures for 20 bucks or a four-pack of non-elk for 16. It's like for the mm. sake of $4. Mate, you can buy a 5.5 extra pale ale uh, for Your XBA bucks. is fucking delicious, by the way. Oh, thanks, mate. Cheers. Yeah, so Cheers, that was, <laughs> that was episode ba, 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 four – with Ryan Gleeson, um, yeah, rated it heavily. Um, both of us did. We had the beer burps throughout that ep, as we did with the uh, Brooks Pale Ale. But you're always going to get beer yeah. burps when you're knocking back a beer every ten uh, minutes. No, that's that's yeah. a, that's actually the way to taste the taste the beer properly. And I'm, I'm, not being, I'm, being, I'm, I'm being slightly tongue in cheek, but it's actually yeah. that hot burp when it comes back through your nose. So you're experiencing in, in your nose and in the rest of your palate. That's a yeah. real it's an experience. Uh, yeah, trust that, trust that feeling and trust that taste because that's, that's where you we, we really assess the beer. Hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, you've, <laughs> meeting both of you now, it starts to sort of make sense. Like, why the fuck is Brooks and East Bendigo Pale Ale sort of, or East Bendigo Brewing under the same address? So yeah. is this, do you mind sort of unpacking the well, relationship you know, or how this all come about for you uh, two? Yeah, well, the third piece of that puzzle is this beer you're drinking now, 40 Acres. Yeah. So uh, 40 Acres was a, a contract customer we have. Trev, Trev Mitchell, he used to have the pub down in, uh, in, in Newstead. Um, he, you know, life sort of changed for him and he, and he moved on, but it was a beer that had some interest and following. So he said to us, you know, you can have the brand and try and develop it and do something with us. Um, you know, the East Benigo Brewing Company came about... I'm sort of doing history in reverse here, but yeah, East Benigo Brewing came about. Star Wars did it, mate. Look how successful <laughs> well, they were. Yeah, yeah, but the East Benigo Brewing part, that was, that's, that's, that's a COVID story, actually. So, you know, COVID hit us hard in February 2020? Yeah. 2020, 20, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. February 2020. It was March. It really, they, the lockdown law was happening in March, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, Long at, weekend, you know, yeah. at that stage, we were Brooks Beer and half our customers were, were Hospo. They were all locked down. Half our business overnight just walked straight out the door. Sure. And I talked to uh, my partner, Mel, Melissa. Yep. I said, we're not, we're not going through this COVID thing for however long it lasts just to struggle back to where we started from in who knows a year or two's yeah. time. I'd rather just walk away and forget about it. So I said, if we're going to go through this, if we're going to stick this pandemic out, yeah. uh, we're going to come out radically different to where, where we went in. And so I knew Roy at that stage. Yeah. But not, not well, but I knew Roy was around. Sure. And I thought, this also sounds a bit funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Gonna hey, sound, have at it. It's going to sound weird, but you have, yeah. to, you have to just take it at face value. <laughs> you know, the Lord spake to me. <laughs> we have these conversations. The Lord. Do you ever have fucking dreams every now and then? And like six months later, it's like, I fucking manifested this. I remember this. No, this, is, this, is, this is the Lord. The Lord, the Lord spoke, yeah. So that's why you're not drinking. You know, I, <laughs> I told you it was going to sound funny. <laughs> no, just something in the back of my head said, I just, I just probably should just give Roy a call. Just, what are you up to, mate? Yeah. And what do you want to do? Do you want to do something together? And, you know, conversations, several conversations down the track, we realised we share a really similar view on beer and beer's future and beer's place in the market. Sure. She's, we're, in terms of life, 
lifestyles were pretty similar. We got we got kids, and without sort of going too too far down that road, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two boys, and the two boys are chalk and my two boys are chalk and cheese, and the boys' two chalk boys and cheese. Yeah, um, Mel's uh, she works for the RFDS and Bendigo Health, and uh, Carol Ann works in Bendigo Health. So there's like all well, we like living parallel lives almost, yeah. and because I think we fundamentally shared the same values and the same outlook on beer, um, you know, we sort of go well quite comfortable forming a, a partnership at that point. And oh, 100%. That, so, that, and that's, so that's the genesis of East Bendigo. It's yep. really response to COVID to come out radically different. And through that process, we got rid of the bottling machine, uh, canning machines are now sitting behind us, uh, started, uh, moved all our beers into uh, can format, uh, redid all our branding, so, and, and, and built a customer base that was, used to be hospitality focused and is now very much sort of off-premise focused. Yeah. That was a really long answer to it. No, it's good. <laughs> it is good. So through that collaboration, obviously, Roy, you were working mainly on, was it just the XPA? No, no, no. So uh, before the partnership, I was yeah. actually I was sales manager at Holgate. Sure. Um, prior to that, I'd been with Coopers and I'd also been with Carlton United and Lion as well. So over a 20 two-year or 23-year journey, I sort of had different roles over the place. But I um, had been with Holgate and it was just, you know, just quite coincidental that when Doug rang me, um, my position at Holgate had uh, been made redundant and so I was looking at what else can I do? Yep. And uh, so, so that's when I, I, we joined forces, changed the name to East Bendigo Brewing Co and we added added a beer and that was the XBA was the was the beer that we added into the yeah. into the family so to speak. So good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well yeah, so now like we've packaged I think seven beers. Yeah. Some of those are the Bendigo range, some of the it's forty acres, some of them are Brooks range and some of them are branded EBBC, East Bendigo Brewing. So it's just sort of like a, a group of brands in, in some ways. All under the one. But they've all had their own story and they're all part of our history. Yeah. And we're slowly starting to bring them together as a family, but just slowly, slowly, you know, we want, want people to come on the journey with us rather than, you know, I keep saying it's, it's evolution rather than revolution, you yeah. know? And that's the thing, like, you don't want to jump too far ahead because your everyday customer is probably going to say, please explain, like, what's going on here? Or, or where is my beer gone? So, if, yeah. you know, with the Brooks, the Brooks are, the beers are really, really well known and they're some of our, our best-selling beers. If we change that immediately... You know, we risk it losing that, that customer. So yeah. fuck that. I, I want to bring them with us and you know come on the journey with us. So we're just slowly changing and and uh, you know bring them bringing them together as a family. But if that takes another twelve months, two years, I don't really care. Yeah. As long as you know we're bringing people with us. So all these changes that happened. So obviously the collaboration happened during COVID. Yeah. Um, how did you pivot production? Were you sort of stagnant? through that process or was that when you switched to cans and you know your marketing or model did your business model did it vary much over that yeah well, like i said before two year, pre-covid we were half our business was, with the hospitality was hospitality yeah, yeah. so and on, and on premise and at the end of that was it was 80 percent uh 80 percent off premise yep uh and there are times there, like you, you remember, when all the restaurants and all the pubs were closed. Where there's actually just takeaways. There's a period from like July to September in trying to must twenty one, I think. Twenty one, yeah. That sort of back half of twenty twenty one, we didn't sell a single keg. Zero. It was, it was really disheartening. You look in the cool room and you just start crying at looking at the kegs that were there, and we're thinking, shit, what are we going to do here? 
and it just thank goodness it just it just changed you know but yeah geez yeah. that was that was fucking hard and the other i mean i think the other interesting thing we did at the time is launch our online store so if you if you jump on our website you don't get a nice story about our history and you land in a shop yeah where we're trying to sell you things it's yeah. good and i love the fact that uh you've taken your beers to get judged and you've actually won a few awards with your beers whether that be the uh, gold, no, sorry, silver or bronze yep. with the Brooks and the Pale Ale. Didn't it do quite well, the Bendigo Pale Ale? Bendigo Pale Ale, I think everything won at least one, one award. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. everything won at least one award except for our XBA, which that was, yeah, we that was our fault. <laughs> we put, <laughs> we put it, in, it in, we the put in the category. wrong category. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so we got really great feedback from the judges going, no, this is a great beer. But, yeah, couldn't win anything because it was in the wrong category. Yep. <laughs> but that's our fuck up, whatever. <laughs> How have you felt the market? Obviously, we've touched on uh, mid-strengths and non-alcoholic beers. Uh, obviously, your seltzers. That's an emerging market with white claws coming out of America. <laughs> it, it certainly is an emerging market. This is what, correct. What, what, what are your take? Uh, takes it's, it's got a lot, a lot more this. emerging to do. Yeah. Although yeah. I think I think the consumers just starting to get it. Like we we put out ourselves a couple of years ago, yeah. and it's it's done nothing. We've but honestly we've done nothing with it either. Sure. You know, but it's on tap in a few places around Bendigo, and it, yeah. it, you know it's got a few core drinkers, but we've done nothing with it. But we also think that we probably went a bit early as well. The market just didn't understand what a seltzer was and yep. uh, there was a lot of confusion ar- around that. And then there was just a shitload of people coming into that market. It's now consolidated from what I can see. There's a few players that have disappeared. and But now the consumer's a little bit more educated and they are. I think there is a, a, a good part of a market that, that are looking for something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that, that's the sort of the seltzer side. From, from the beer sides of things, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of craft breweries that are going to start to struggle. So You've you already know. started to see that, I think, with a few ballistic went into admin, as did another brewery I saw on my stories. Yeah, Tribe. Went, Tribe, that's yeah. it. They're massive too, yeah, aren't they? Huge. New South Wales? Uh, yeah, New South Wales, Goulburn, yeah. Yeah, so it's just obviously the interest rates and that, and we are talking about... Uh, the heat exchange? Oh, a, a, a heat pump? Heat, yeah. the, the heat pump, just like um, obviously you guys touching base on, you know, COVID, how you've pivoted the way that you did business to survive. Um, obviously you're pivoting with the energy to lower your costs, so that should flow on with your cost of goods sold and it's about state of survival instead of sitting in a corner saying, well, is me, interest rates are going up, like what can we do proactively to... Do you know, I, I think it was, it was well before the interest rates went up. Yeah. I think, like, it's been a strategy that Doug and I have had for the last two and a half years See. that we've been putting into place about how we go to market and what how we do business. I think if you haven't done that now or mm. if you haven't had that plan in place, you, you're really going to start to struggle, I think, you know, and I think the consumer has changed. It's more, more, more the point yeah. is that the consumer's going, well, shit, I don't have that that money, I don't have that 25 bucks to spend on one can of beer. Yeah. I can get a slab for, you know, under 60 bucks. Yeah. So I'm going to do that rather than buying one can of a limited edition, you know. Yeah. Like we're, we're in the midst of uh, what I think is, is an emerging crisis. And, and I don't think it, 
I think with any major event, it's not until you actually threw it on the other side, looking back, that you really can un- un- understand unpack it, it unpack all. and understand it. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I see the signs everywhere. Or, or, like our suppliers have never been edgier than they are now. Like first of the month clicks over, and they're on the phone saying, "With the invoices, yeah, are you going to pay us? Are you paying us on time?" And we're like, "We're fine." But when I talk to them about, "Hey, wait, how come you're so edgy?" They, they're like, "Well, we've had we've had a, a really bad lead into summer uh, sales." Raw material sales are really down. Uh, I talked to the brewers. I think there's a lot of brewers sitting on stock that hasn't sold in summer. I think a lot of them were, were looking for a, um, for a good summer uh, that didn't emerge. And I think for the reasons you stated, that uh, uh, there's pressure on people's pockets. Um, February's traditionally a pretty tough time of year where kids are back at school, the holiday bills are coming in. And yeah. People aren't really out and about. People are licking their wounds after Christmas and New Year's too. Yeah, that's right. A, a few of the breweries that I've spoken to have said the exact same thing. It's a bit of a lull in the market. Um, is that? But I think uh, I think there is something else going on. I don't know if we fully understand it yet, but I think it's something to do. Part of the answer is the is the big guys purchases, whatever that was. Of, you know, the, the pirate like the four four pines, the Bolt. goat. Yeah. So that they they now <coughs> own and uh, uh, can can put into market a, a solid craft offering. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't have a problem drinking a bolt of beer or or a pirate life. I'd be if I was in a pub and that was the, all that was on tap. I'd be I'd be perfectly happy. So I think that's affected the consumer in some way. Consumers, um, you know, would once go once go in search of a beer, go a long way to search for a craft beer, maybe aren't doing that as much these days? Yeah, probably because there are those options. Yeah, yeah, I think um, that's part of it. Like, I was standing in Melbourne for uh, union negotiations through work. I'm a delegate, so I'm a bit... Oh, you awesome. Know, you, can paint, oh, yeah. you can paint that picture. I'm, yeah, just yeah. I probably don't fit the normal mould for one, but... Uh, Which one, can I ask? The United Workers' Union, UWU. So, oh. it, yeah, we're sort of... Big kicker. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's just um, I was drinking. Uh, it was a limited edition of I think Four Pines Galaxy. Mm. Pretty sure, obviously, it's just Galaxy Hops, which is quite a delicious fucking beer. If anyone adds it to it, so it was, yeah, pretty happy with it. Mm. Just when you said about commodities and obviously the cost of everything's going up, I'm a bit of a fan of Joe Rogan, and I was listening to. It was one of the fight companions, and Eddie Bravo's a bit of a conspiracy lad himself, and he touched on how Goldman Sachs actually manipulated the aluminium market. So they bought the 28 factories in America, and the only thing that stipulates or varies the price of aluminium is the time it takes to meet from one factory to another. So what they did, they bought all 28, and they just sat on the sat on the material. Oh, this is Enron all over again. Yeah, essen- bought power distribution and then shut it down during peak times and wait yeah. until the price goes up and then switch it back on again. Yeah. So... <laughs> Dirty dogs. It's just... <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> you know, so you, so what like you're saying, is, is, is this a failure of capitalism? To some extent, but... <laughs> like... Oh, yeah, without getting too far... You know, you've got, you've got people who want, want to bring back, you know, that socialism and Marxism and, it's, you know, you give anyone too much power and they all become the villain. I think in anything you do, it's, mm. it's that situation. Mm. But it just sucks that, you know, those... I don't know, the, the people up in those high-rises making all that money, it's got a flow-on effect to absolutely everyone around the world. Yeah, so. yeah. 
Yes, yeah, so I think you're right. But the, all our input costs have gone up. Freight's gone through the roof. Aluminium has got, I don't know, what it went up, close to 30% last year it went up. Yeah. Uh, so and we, feel, we feel that in all our you know, cost of goods, as you say. Um, fundamentally, the consumers have less. Like people have got less money in their pockets because the interest rates are going up and cost of everything is going up as well. Yeah. Um, but I do think there's, a, there's a also there's something else going on that we, don't, we haven't fully understood yet. It's still emerging, and it's to do with consumer tastes. Um, you know, the, the, there isn't the same hype and passion around craft beer as there was even 12 months ago. Yeah, I think it's, it'll it's bounce gone somewhere. back. Do you? Yeah. I, I, I just think it's a lower period. Yeah, yeah. It'll I'm, come out the I'm, other I'm end, not, I think. I'm not so confident it'll, it'll bounce back. I think what, we, what will come is something different. Yeah. But I think uh, because, you know, we're seeing some sort of headline administrations come up we talked about tribe and ballistic uh, ballistic yeah, yeah yeah i don't think we've even scratched the surface yet i think there's a lot more coming so capacity is going to thin out like we're, we're hearing stories from contract brewers you know who've got large-scale contracts uh, yeah. that their that their tanks are emptied and then you know, this isn't the activity that there was so i think the wave is building and we haven't yet seen it crest and i think in the aftermath will be there'll be a lot fewer brewers I think some of the trends in retailing uh, will mean that the shelf space is going to be tightening significantly. Sure. But, but, so those are the sort of negative trends, the things that are going to, going to force the change in the industry that we have now. But I think the positive trend, and I, I see it really strongly, and it's, and it's also risen out of COVID, is this shift towards regional. Uh, and we're in regional Victoria, but, but I mean slightly bigger than local. Like it's, it's people want to... People want to have a different relationship with the suppliers, whether it's beer or whatever. Um, they want to know that it's comes, you know, come, it comes from their, their region. And I think yeah. that's the growing interest that I think is emerging out of this. And whatever shape the industry is in, that is going to be a, an important feature of it. It sounds like you've got the support of the community around you too, to some extent with yeah, what absolutely. you've mentioned. You've got, you know, kegs on tap. Yep. Um, others, I know, they, they find it hard due to... Um, you know, the taps being owned by the likes of the CUB or the contracts that they've got in place. Um, I do open mics at the Cambrian Hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're a massive supporter of, you know, that certified independent beers. So, mm. yeah, it's... Um, it's yeah, well, we've worked hard to... Well, Roy in particular has worked hard to uh, build those local relationships. Yeah. Yeah, with venue owners, with, bottle, with the bottle shops and, and with the majors. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know... Coles in particular, less so in the Endeavour Group, but certainly Coles are really pushing strongly to have uh, local representation or regional representation on their shelves. Yeah. So there's a, I think there's a few things coming together that make, makes me think that what's emerging, there'll be you know, big brands, there'll be far fewer independent national brands, and there'll be very very strong local uh, regional businesses. Yeah. But we're, you know, we're planning to be one of them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving forward... Uh, what changes do you believe you'll have to do in your business to accommodate the foreseeable future? You know, would you scale back your SKUs, maybe add a few more? Well, it, can you touch base on what the future looks like? What do you for reckon, you? Roy? I mean, I, I look at, you know, the, the, the seven beers that we've got now and all the time we're, like, we're assessing going, well, okay, should we, should we drop one off, bring another one in or, or should we add to it? But at the moment, look, 
we've got capacity issues here. Like we were saying, when, when you first came in, yeah, every tank's full all yeah, the time. all the vessels are full. Yeah. All the vessels are full all the time. So we go, oh, shit, we'd love to do a new beer. Yeah. Where do we fucking put it? And then, you know, we go, all right, we'll drop one off. Well, which one do we drop off? And you just can't, can't drop one off because they're all selling really well. Really? And so yeah. you go, okay, we could drop one off that's selling okay, but then you might not necessarily get that volume back with the new one you bring in. So it's, it's a little bit tricky on, on that at the moment of, of what do we yeah. drop off, what do we bring in. So well, I think we cover a wide range of consumer interests. Oh, massively. Yeah, yeah so we're very conscious we need to brew beers that are relevant to our market. So there's a lot of draft drinkers and so that Bendigo draft sort of fills that niche. But I, I think you know, it's important that we, make, that we keep our image fresh. So whilst the beers might not change, the way they look, the way they're packed <coughs> and promoted and talked about, I think that needs to change over time so, they give, so, so that we keep it fresh. So like this afternoon, we're pretty excited. We've got our first delivery of printed cans for Bendigo Draft and Bendigo Pale. Yeah. Two beers that have forever been in a, in a, you know, a, a label wrap uh, coming out in glossy, beautiful. Oh, yeah, those colours really pop. You yeah, know, that, yeah, that mustard do. yellow and that, would you call it like a royal blue? Like that yeah. dark. Oh, you, well, you should see it in a print. Yeah, yeah. I saw the, the yeah, I printed the example. Say, look, yeah, really nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just something about that print that catches people's eyes as opposed to the labelling machine. Yeah, and definitely. The, the labellers are an absolute pain in the ass, from what I've heard. Uh, not our favourite day. <laughs> we have to. Label of beer. So there'll be no tears shed when we, you know, when we retire those two skews from, from labels. Uh, That's good. But yeah, then we've got, so we've got a pipeline of um, image refreshers through the year. So those, yep. two, those two will appear on shelf during March and then our, our Brooks IPA, Brooks Pale Ale, uh, they're going to be refreshed in the month after, which is April. Yep. April, yeah. And then um, pushing really hard to get their next product on the line, on the shelves by June, if we yeah. can. if yeah. we can. Hell yeah. yeah. Do you see yourselves being here or is it almost like that hermit crab mentality where you've sort of outgrown the space and you believe? Oh, no, no, we'll be here. We'll be here in this here? facility. Yeah, Hell yeah. For foreseeable future. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Just who can, I can't even contemplate what it would involve to pack the joint up and, <laughs> and move it, it. It's a big job within itself, hey? Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Massively. And, you know, ensuring that you've got the, the infrastructure there with your three-phase... Yeah. Well, you know, we we're constantly challenged on space. We reckon we can probably get a couple more fermenters in. Probably get another another yeah. ten thousand litres of fermentation. It's going to say that wall there looks a bit bare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's the sort of thing we're always constantly looking around. <laughs> Today. <laughs> uh, but we'll, you know, the place will gradually fill up with barrels as we get our whiskey production yeah. cranking up. So, yeah, so that's, a, that's another ch- that's another demand for space yep. as we go on there. But that's you, know, you talked about the us about the future. But I think that. That's a, that's a really important part of our future is getting into spirits as well as, uh, as beers. And for us, like for me personally, we are in the middle, we're in the absolute heart of grain country. Um, and it makes sense to me that whiskey should be, it's a logical extension from, from a booze point of view about what, yeah. you, what you would do if you, like we're not, I don't know, we're 2,000 kilometres from the nearest cane field. So for me, rum doesn't make a lot of sense, but yeah. you know, barley is grown all around us here. Uh, one of the major barley growing centres of the world, in fact. So it makes absolute sense that for, to me that uh, we should be making whiskey and a lot of it. That's good. Yeah. Hell yeah. I was um, interviewing Jack Hawkins. Uh, he's just moved to England. Um, he does a lot of marketing work. He's worked for everyone, you know, line through to Sapporo. 
worked under Starwood. I think he sort of did his sort of apprenticeship, have you, uh, working with them. And I, I just asked him, I said, you know, like from a from a profitability or, you know, if you were to allocate your money, how would you spend it, you know? Would it be through a brewery, a distillery? Um, and he said, you know, people who want to get into whiskey, obviously you see the investment opportunities and an 8% return mm. on whiskey, but sitting in a fucking barrel for eight years. He's like, the one way to go broke is to go down that uh, rabbit hole just because, you know, everyone's... It's not a collective community where you may know another brewer and say, hey, I'm having issues with this, what do you think? Whereas yeah. everyone's sort of out for themselves. Oh, and yeah, the distilling, the, it's, a, it's in its infancy. It's craft beer 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, there are a few dotted here and there, like you know, Lark and Starwood. There's a few well-known larger Even down distillers. in Tassie too, like Nant. Yeah. I think they won <clears> some <throat> big award and yeah. well, they were charging 500 bucks for a bottle. Yeah, and like start, you know, they're, they're, they're the stalwarts of uh, distilling down there, and crazy, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it is. It is still quite a, a young industry in that way, but yeah. But I mean, the thing for us is we, we're bolting it onto a, an existing profitable Brand. beer business, sure. yeah. Um, and the places we'll sell are exactly the same places we'll sell our our beer, yeah, with our, with customers that we know and who trust us, and um, in, in a market that we know and understand. So we can produce a product that uh, we think will sell and get pulled through. Not everybody can build their business on super ultra premium four hundred dollar whiskey when it's really it's an ocean of sixty dollar a bottle yeah. Johnny Walker. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, even less than that. Forty five bucks Johnny Walker. Yeah. That, and that was yeah. probably the one thing. Like everyone wants that blitz scaling. You know, the likes of they want to be. Uh, the the Twitter or the Facebook or the Canva of of beer or alcohol, but it's like when I think of a luxury brand, I pin it back to a reputation and history. And so that, the and, fact and that and you that guys have that, yeah. it takes time. Yeah. It takes time to build that trust. It takes time to build a brand. Yeah. You can't just come in and and splay. And certainly there are uh, there's always exceptions to that. You know, you, you look at ones like Bilson's that came onto the market really quickly and they grew really quickly. And those RTDs, though, I think they met the market. Like I think everyone was to some extent sick of cruises. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Do yeah. they they're sailing close to the window? Someone, Apex got to ping them soon. Later, <laughs> don't they? Yeah. Oh well, you know, like uh, they just they just look too appealing for kids. In terms of the colours and the flavours. Yeah, I guess any sort of RTD, you know, that lolly water was always appealing. For me, I always thought uh, UDLs looked pretty trendy when I was in year nine <laughs> going to a 16th birthday party. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think just... Oh, good on them. Look, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're doing well. It's, uh, you know, they're growing. Fantastic. I've never been down there. I reckon it'd be a pretty good pretty good drive. Where are they? Beechworth? Beechworth, yeah. Yeah, yeah I reckon it'd be a pretty cool road trip. But... Might have to stay the night because I'd sink a few. <laughs> no, so yeah, so yeah. there are there are brands that have grown really quickly and have done really really well, um, and there's always going to be those ones that just click and hit and hit a you know hit a nerve. But typically, brands take time to build and the you know the trust to get them out in the market. And like I've always said to Doug, you know, it's the difference between pipe fill and pull through. You know, somebody can get really good pipe 
pot filled and they can get that distribution out in the stores or get that tap on. But if it's not selling, they'll only sell it once, you know? Yeah, so you've you got to you've got to build it up, and you've got to be able to pull that pull through as well. So you know, you're not just looking for one order; you're looking for repeat orders, and you want that's what you want, and that can take time to build. But if it does take time to build, it's sustainable. It's not going to disappear overnight. Yeah, have unless you, you do something really fucking stupid. But anyway, <laughs> have you ever considered? Obviously, there was sort of a collaboration through COVID, just pure sense of survival, which has obviously lasted and prospered. Have you ever considered doing a collaboration with another brewery or, or someone, someone else? I saw uh, Bridge Road, I think, did a collaboration with Mountain Culture that popped up on the socials. It just seems to be the, a bit of a trend at the moment. It's a bit confusing for me. Yeah? Too many chefs in the kitchen sort of thing? It, how does it work? And what, for, to, to what end? To what, what's the... I don't I get think, it. I think it's just... <laughs> Maybe I just don't a, like a, people... A, <laughs> a promotional sense, um, bu- building that community, like yeah, yeah, just not a fan. <laughs> oh no, no, I just just hasn't really. I don't know about you, Roy, but that just hasn't entered my head. My, my my focus is on how do we reach our customer and communicate with our customer. Yeah, I, I, like, and and I'm I'm probably with with you. It's it's more how, how does it work, you know, and. You know, and I, I look from a sales and marketing point of view, and yet having a collaboration can be really cool, particularly if you collaborate with somebody bigger than you or someone cooler than you, etc. You know, I, yeah. I, I really like that. And yes, it can build some community, but from a sales point of view and, and from from that side, I just go, well, how's it work? How would profits work? How do profits how work? And you know, how do you split it up? And, and yeah, okay. Yeah we might be better at doing the sales than you are and then you've got the same product out in the market that's not selling well in some areas but selling really well in another. I don't know, maybe I just don't get it either. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it's probably easier just to do what we're doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah well, we can, we can keep ourselves plenty busy with what we're doing Yeah, here. Um, you know, I think our challenge for this year is, is how do we, how do we capitalise on, on opportunities for growth within our own territory because sure. I, I think we've only just scratched the surface I, I reckon we're probably a couple of percentage of the, of the market here. in in your territory uh, yeah obviously you know we like we say our territory but we're really talking about that slice through central victoria sort of yep. Achuka, down through us city of ballarat and geelong that sort of that sort of that's our stomping ground yeah um but it, there's so much growth potential in that area and it's we think we're in the stores we want to be in um but we're not touching. There's huge amount of scope for to communicate more directly with consumers. Sure. So that's through. We've talked about, you know, like, like in-store tastings is one thing, but uh, partnering with footy clubs and sporting clubs. Yep. Uh, is another. I think it's a huge opportunity. But getting you know getting more, having more to say to to consumers. We have toyed with the idea of our own podcast. Yep, we have. Talk about local issues and how our beers fit in. Yeah, we can't tell you the name because you might pitch it off us. Hey, hey, drinks with Jackson, I'm sticking with that. There's, there's a couple. Yeah. No, I was going to say, cross that one off the whiteboard. Drinks with Jackson. <laughs> that, was, that was up the top there too. Jeez. There's actually a couple of podcasts that have emerged, um, Shepherd and Way. So there's Sports Confidential. Yeah. Uh, they touch on all different sports um, and what's happening within those sports, everything from soccer to boxing to ice hockey to... Uh, AFL to rugby, just everything. And I just, you've got those sports fanatics out there that just love it. 
I can't keep up. So yeah. I just thought at the end of the day, I love cracking open it, opening a beer that I've never had. Um, there's enough craft breweries around, especially now that I've got the new setup that I can actually drive to you guys. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... Don't worry, don't worry we won't... Podcasts yeah. are fun. <laughs> we won't I, cut your, we won't I, cut your I, grass. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just finding that niche and appealing to that audience. Well, I, I think I mean, it's, for us it's come up in the context of how do, we, how do we explain what we're doing and get a bit more uh, familiar with our customers. So, I mean, a, a, a message isn't a hard message. Like, yeah. It's just nice beer. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but we are part of the community. We live here. We employ people from the community. We interact with all the local government people and community groups. And How many people do you guys employ? Hmm. It varies. It varies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so the, the, the core, the, the core of it is it's uh, two of you. It's, well, it's Mel, my partner Melissa, yeah. uh, myself, and Roy. Bruce, Bruce, and Brad are the sort of, I guess, the next important layer. Like Brad's doing our brewing, Bruce is doing our del- delivery driving. Sure. And then we've got you know helpers that do the do the other stuff, like you know make boxes and help on packaging day. And Good stuff. Yeah. So we're like we're tiny. Yeah. Yeah. It's still good, like, more ha- many hands make light work sort of thing. Yeah. Especially when you have the ability to call upon them when needed instead of, you know... Oh, and then there's been times where I've had to ring my son because somebody didn't turn up and you go, mate, he's on his days off because he doesn't even live here, but uh, he'll be in bed because he's been on the piss the night before. I go, mate, um, what are you doing? He Come in. Exactly. <laughs> Come in. That's exactly what he's been asked to do. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll be there in a half an hour, no worries. And yeah, he'll get in and you know, get stuck into it and he's yeah. good fun as well. So it's, it's great. So, so good. Family yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, it's the beauty of it. Yeah. What about uh, you touched on local um, challenges? What, what things are sort of happening locally that you'd like to sort of touch on? Like, from a community or would it be politics or fucking uh, potholes that haven't been, <laughs> haven't been fixed? Uh, well, I mean, those things, those things vary from time to time. I think what you're doing, the way I, I think you're inviting me to talk about the sort of, uh, what, do you, what do you call them? The, not the, 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 the red hot issues that, that are bugging. That, are, are there any around at the moment? Well, I, I wouldn't say they're burning hot. Issues. Not every town has the uh, privilege of yeah. having a brewing, a brewing, a brewery operating in their in their midst, uh, let alone a successful one. Mm. Um, and so I think you know breweries are an important community asset. That's my my take on it anyway. Uh, and they, uh, we think there's more opportunity for us to be positively involved with the community, and that's through. Like Bendigo's. Bendigo's an events kind of town, and we'd like yeah, to we'd like, yeah, we'd like to be more and more. You know, we'd like, to, we'd like to do more. You've got the beer festival in what a little over two weeks. Uh, beer yeah, and yeah, cider festival. Three weeks, yeah, two three weeks. weeks, yeah. You know, yeah that's, that's a good 18th. start. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a good start. I mean, they're, they're, they're changing a bit. They a few years ago they were they were tasting experiences, and now there's something a little bit more larger than life. I'll have bought a along with this. I thought if we're going to go the whole hog, I'll buy a handheld device. Yeah. So yeah, you'll see me. Right on. Only walking around. It's good. Give come say hi. Come yeah. and have a beer. Uh, give you a bit of lip. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. So what well, we just we just want it all. We want to be everywhere. Like, yeah, it's good. We want to 
you know, all the, all the council-owned uh, assets, we, we have a liquor licence, we want to be there. We're in a lot of them. Yeah, want to be in more. We want to be in more. We're starting to work a bit closer with Bendigo Tourism as well. It's good. Because, um, and I think there was a, a, a little bit of a barrier for, for them that we're not a venue. So they were sort of thinking, well, how do, how do we promote you? And we think they're now starting to see that it's more about what we can add to what they're doing. Yeah. As ra- uh, uh, so you know, you go to them, just, especially if there's an event on. Yeah, so... so well, well, yeah, well, I, think I think it's going it's to be a really good tool to use. So a new, new print of cans has got a um, dynamic QR code on it. Yeah. So when it's idle, it'll just point to our website. But it, it can dynamic code can point anywhere. So, you know, last year there was the Elvis exhibition... So we can partner with uh, Bendigo Tourism to, to point our QR code to you know, whatever functions on in town and help promote that in town. It's good. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot, lot, lot of work we can do to sort of partner more closely with uh, some of the events, activity that goes, goes on around town. Yeah, and we have, we have distribution from, like Doug said, you know, Echuca, Mildura, right through down to Geelong and, and Shepherd and, and, and that big strip, strip down through the middle of Vic. There's so many opportunities for us to talk to people outside of our town to say, yeah. come and this is what's happening. And sure. so, you know, sort of partner with our town, so to speak. What, what bottles are you guys sort of stocked in? Pretty much everywhere. Better question is, where are we not? <laughs> oh. I like that. <laughs> Love the confidence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it really would be only a handful. We're in, we're in the majors. So we're, we're in Endeavour Group. We're in Coles. We're in um, IGA. Um, so we're, we're in the wholesalers in ALM. So you know we're, we're in a lot of bottle like Banner Browns, the Banner Brown celebrations. Yeah, celebrations the, and Bottle O and all of those sort of bottle shops we're in. There's yep. only probably be a few in, around this way that, that we're not in. I think the only uh, only craft beer store we are actually in is um, local here, Hop Supply Co. I think so. You know, if you count Chaz Cole as well, but, you know, they're, they're, they've probably got a, a slightly different model than just being a craft beer store. But uh, we, we tend to just um, uh, be in more of those mainstream areas. But what that seems to be doing is it's opening up um, more mainstream drinkers. So we, we, we're looking at that, that next level for a mainstream drinker that uh, if they are curious about trying something different, that... We're in these places that they're that they're at. They're not having to go to a craft beer store where it's already craft beer drinkers. Like crazy idea, crazy idea. But selling beer where people go to buy beer, amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Think you're onto something. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe. We're hoping it'll work. <laughs> no, awesome. So, uh, from a socials point of view, where can people see, hear, follow your story? Oh, we need to do much more. Yeah, we do. We do a bit. Of, we're pretty active on Instagram. Yep. Um, so that's East Bendigo Brewing Co. Yep. Yep. That is, um, and, and that's mirrored on our Facebook page as well. Awesome. So pretty much, um, whatever goes on one goes on the other, I suppose. Yep. But that's really the only real social. And obviously, we're doing. your website, your landing page, which is you click on oh, to a shop, pretty much. It's essentially a store. Yeah. Yeah, and well, that's just East Bendigo Brewing. Uh, we are EB Brewing. EBB. EB yep. Brewing. Yep. yep. Awesome. So no doubt I'll throw those into the show notes. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Good on you. Once again, thanks uh, for giving me a bit of your time and no, it's great. Yeah. Thanks, hopping, mate. Hopping thanks for coming. To, thanks yeah. for coming to see us. Thanks for having a chat. We love having Thank visitors. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Cheers mate. Cheers. Bye.